fear. Fear is arguably the most common motivator in the Western lifestyle. It's quite interesting that we are sold the idea that we are accumulative in our lifestyle. But the reality is that actually fear is the driver. So we look at consumerism and busyness and hedonism and escapism, and we can argue that in themselves they are key motivators, but that's not really the case. The main driver is fear. Now, what do we call it? Fear, worry, anxiety, stress, defensiveness. However we name it, it's basically fear. And fear of what? Fear of commitment, fear of missing out, fear of other people, my goodness, in so many ways. I'm not going there because they will think this of me. I'm not doing this because they will say this. Fear of not fitting in, fear of embarrassment, fear of failure, fear of the future, fear of not being listened to, fear about being blamed. And the wonderful thing about fear, and it it is a good thing, is this, that if we've run out of actual real things to be afraid of, we've got our imagination. And we can just generate fears. We can just have imaginary fear. When I say imaginary fears, I mean the media-type fear, which goes, might. Have you heard that word? Might. Might. We become terrified of might. When I first moved to Much Wenlock, just tell you this fantastic story. We first moved to Much Wenlock, and in, in, the, in the Shropshire Star, um, we got a fright because the headline said that a gang of youths had rampaged down the high street late at night and might have caused hundreds of pounds worth of damage. What this turned out to be, by the way, was three kids aged 11 in the light, it was quarter to eight at night, but it was the summer, singing loudly, things can only get better. (laughs) But a parish councillor, who was older than them, was extremely alarmed at the idea that she could hear young people, which, as we know, is a terrifying sound, and had phoned the police and the papers. Because, who knows, they might have caused hundreds of pounds. They might have. It's frightening, isn't it? We might all die in our beds because we haven't got to deal with Europe. We might run out of medication. They might shut all the public toilets. Where does your imagination take you in the middle of the night? I mean, seriously, where does it take you? It's amazing. In fact, we get fearful to the point, and I have to deal with this quite often, where 
we're actually fearful without ever actually identifying what it actually is that we're frightened of. We go, this is going to happen. That will be terrifying. I have to deal with this a lot, by the way, and always have done in my professional life. And the question is, why? Why is that frightening? What are you saying is going to happen? And often people have no answer. They've just assumed that whatever change of circumstance it is, is going to be filled with danger. And we're so used to being fearful that we've got to the point where we don't even fill in the blank. We just assume it's going to be terrifying and are fearful without ever actually saying, what is it you're afraid of? There is a box by that bridge. It is terrifying. Why? What do you think is going to come out of it? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? It's going to be scary. That's how we've got to a point. In fact, I would say to you this, that we've almost got to the point in our society where our entire lives are run by fear. We're afraid to switch our mobile phones off. We can't get to sleep at night. We struggle to relax. Fear is a driver, a real driver. Imagine what life would look like without fear. Now, I'm going to suggest to you that for most people in Western society, that's an impossibility. That so much of our lives is spent mitigating what we're afraid of, that we've actually got to the point where we have no concept of what a life without fear would actually look like that so much of what we do is just in case or to avoid disappointment or because we're already assuming it's going to be rubbish slash hopeless slash scary slash awkward slash embarrassing slash a waste of time slash whatever that we just mitigate by not doing it. Fear is a real driver. In, in, our, in our world. It's also a very good seller. So it, media can use that to sell. But the Bible is really, really awkward. And I want you to not blame me for what the Bible said because I didn't write it. So this is not my fault. But this is what the Bible says. In Isaiah 8, 12, we read this. Do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. They are out to get us. No, they're not. Yes, they are. I don't care. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread what they dread. This is what Jesus said. He said, don't worry, saying, well, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Brackets. Will there be a toilet? What will we wear? Brackets. Will it be all right? Will everybody else be wearing that? What if I wear the wrong thing? For the pagans run after all these things. Yes, they do. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Even public toilets. We seek, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. 
for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because what's happening tomorrow? I know this, that where I used to have a real job, it's radically different now, obviously. I only work one day a week. Um, But when I had a real job, my working Monday usually started on Saturday night. In my head, Monday started on Saturday night. And Monday ran all through Sunday before I got to Monday. But I'll tell you this, that Monday contained 10%. So the actual Monday contained 10% of the content of my Saturday and Sunday Monday. Does that make sense? Are you following that? I had constructed a Monday like you wouldn't believe. And the reality was that maybe 10% of it happened. What a waste of time that was. Though, it did give me good grounds for grumpiness. Now, it works the same. It works the same when it comes to the Christian life. That in the Western church, there is a discipleship fear. So we've got our normal fear, but then we have a discipleship fear, which also works on a fear of missing out, a fear of admitting that we're wrong, a fear of having to give up sin, and as a result of giving up our sin, being bored and miserable for the rest of our lives. Because let's face it, only sin is fun. Righteousness who wants that? The fear of looking foolish or not being cool if you're young. The fear of commitment, the fear of sacrifice, the fear of difficulty, fearing that we have to persevere, fear of exposure. There are all sorts of fears that we can have because of discipleship. Discipleship appears scary. In Isaiah, Isaiah says this. He's, Isaiah's always calling the people of Israel back to their spiritual home, their spiritual repentance. He says, hear me, you who know what is right, you people who have taken my instruction to heart, do not fear the reproach of mere mortals or be terrified by their insults. And yet, we have to say that the Western church is very, very frightened of what people might say. And a lot of how the Western church conducts itself is to avoid the disapproval of the world. Yet, does it work? No, it doesn't. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? However, all of that's just by way of intro. I'm still on track here. This is what the Bible tells us. God is our shield. God is our shield. Do you believe that? God is our shield. Do you believe that? Because I... I just want to really check, have you heard and believed 
God is our shield. Because if God is our shield, that should change our life. Should it not? If He, if he really is our shield. Let's just talk about correct equipment. We are doing health and safety. You've noticed a health and safety theme today, and it's continuing. Correct equipment. Now, imagine there's a snowstorm, and you go out in shorts and flip-flops. There's grounds to be fearful, because you're going to get very cold. So it's snowing outside, and you think, hey, snow, we haven't had that for ages. How exciting is that? I am not one of those who gets excited about snow. Trust me, I have walked to school in grey shorts when it's too icy for buses. I've seen enough snow and ice to last me my entire lifetime, but some people still get excited. But even so, shorts and flip-flops is going to be a scary thing. But if you put on the right kit... You can go out and have fun in the snow, whatever that looks like. Um, but you can, you've got the right equipment. If you go cycling without a helmet, that's foolhardy. Now, it works the same. If we refuse to be shielded by God, then we have every right to feel afraid. Because we're in a spiritual battle, and God has given us the equipment through Jesus that we need to not just be safe, but to win. But if we don't use it, then a bit like going out in a snowstorm in shorts, or riding our bike on a busy road without a helmet, we've got grounds to be fearful. But God is our shield. Do you believe that? God is our shield. So ask yourself, for what purpose is a shield? What's a shield for? Protection. Protection for what purpose? Pardon? It's protection from physical harm, but for what purpose is a shield? I'll give, you, I'll give you the answer. A shield is not to hide behind. If you take an army, you give everybody a shield, they stick the shield in the ground, sit behind it, shivering, they will not win the battle. The enemy will come up and they'll go, whoa, shields. If anybody's recording, I smiled maniacally at that point. Because there's your enemy cowering behind a shield. A shield is to keep you safe while you take ground. Is that correct? You're only using your shield properly as you advance. A shield is a protective piece in order to move forward. So Christians who belong to Jesus should have no reason to be cowering in fear and silence and inaction 
and avoiding commitment and trying not to look too different and not making a fuss if, in fact, we believe that God is our shield. Do we believe God is our shield? How big is our God? Okay, I, I'm just asking because what I want to work out in your mind and in my mind, what have we constructed that's bigger than God? What have we constructed that's bigger than God? Because if we believe that God can protect us, what is it that stops us from taking the chance, from making the step? Because by default, therefore, whatever that is, it must be bigger than God. Does that make sense? What have we got that's bigger than God? Now, if we're saying God is bigger than all of these things, what have we done? Now, I'm talking about myself. Trust me, I do this. I'm good at this, in fact. But essentially, what I'm doing is either one or two things. I'm either elevating what I fear to be bigger than God, or I'm shrinking God down to be smaller than what I fear. I've got to be doing one or the other. I'm not sure which it is some of the time. But I'll tell you, actually, quite a lot of the time, it's that I shrink God down. I have God as big in the moment. And then, you know, a bit like he has to reform himself all the time. So last time I was in trouble, God bailed me out. This time, however, in between that trouble and this trouble, he shrunk again. And I, I'm now worried that he's not going to be big enough, even though he did it last time, not necessarily. Does that happen to you? Is this just me? Okay, just me. Fair enough. But is it? That's what I'm saying. So anyway, if God is a shield, what does that mean? If God is a shield, it has decided that we, ha we belong to Him, and He has taken us under His protection. It means we cannot be destroyed. We cannot be defeated. We cannot be overcome. We have protection which allows us to move forward. God is our shield. I want to ask you a question. So, when we get afraid, what we tend to do is do all sorts of things because we're afraid. The question is, do they make us less afraid or more afraid? Does the person who cowers or the person who fights feel more afraid? And the answer is that fear is not reduced by inaction. Fear is not reduced by retreat. Fear is not reduced by running away. Fear is not reduced by any of those things. Because fear is not dependent on those. Our safety, or lack of safety, is constructed in here. Therefore, wherever we run, we take that with us. You know the old Alcoholics Anonymous adage, wherever you go, there you are. It's absolutely true. 
It's absolutely true. So therefore, we take our fear with us. So the one who fights is there. In a battle, not fighting generates more fear than fighting. The waiting is the worse than the doing, is it not? Because then we can use our imagination to construct how terrible it will be. When we're in the middle of it, we don't actually think about that. But because God is our shield, if we believe that, then we have no grounds to fear. We do not need to fear. This is what it says in Romans 8. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit we received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. The Spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father, Dad, Papa. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may share in His glory. If we indeed share in His sufferings, as we may also share in His glory. Now, I prayed about this an awful lot, knowing that I was going to talk about fear and safety, and that if God is our shield, we should feel safe. So, what is it that we fear? And this is what I, I feel I heard from God, is that much of the Christian problem in the West is this. It's our fear of suffering. We're not prepared to share in Christ's suffering. That's the Western church. So I don't necessarily mean this church, I just mean Western church. But the interesting thing is that we'll suffer for other things just as much. So you have a job interview, you have a difficult confrontation, you have an awkward family member. You have a visit to a strange town and you don't know where the toilets are. You have whatever it is that it is that bothers you. I'm not mocking the not knowing where the toilets, trust me. I've checked that out myself. I'm really, I'm not being flippant when I say this. I'm saying here is the range of things that we worry about. I worry sitting at a table with people I don't know that I won't be able to hear what they say and that that will be awkward. I worry about that, genuinely, because it's possible. But I waste more time worrying about it than I do about actually, you know, leaning my head around a little bit to hear what people are saying, and then I wonder why I worried. But that's by the by. What I'm saying is this, that like cowering, avoiding suffering for Jesus doesn't actually relieve us of any suffering at all. We just suffer for other things instead. And the reason that we suffer is because we're still motivated by fear. So is it such a bad thing to suffer for Christ? And here's the rub. So think about it. Stress, anxiety, worry, fear, addictions, compulsions, sleeplessness, chronic tiredness, vigilance. Do you know about vigilance? It's where you watch everybody or you watch all your feelings. You notice every little change in how you feel. 
That's, we call that hypervigilance. We run away. We have a lack of, surf, of purpose or achievement. Feel there's always something just round the corner that will make things better, but we never quite grasp it. This is normal, but this is suffering. We're suffering anyway. The world suffers without Christ. It's a shame that Christians should suffer without Christ because they're so fearful of suffering with Him. It's a shame that Christians should spend so much of their lives suffering without Christ because they're afraid of suffering with Him. When God is my shield. So here we go. We fight, we suffer. We don't fight, we suffer. Better to fight. One last thing then. Is God our shield? Is God our shield? Do you believe that? Aha. So let's talk about feelings. We talk about God as our shield, and we think, well, if God is our shield and I believe that, then I should move forward confidently. I should speak out confidently. I should take those risks confidently. I should. Do I always feel confident? Do you always feel confident? No. But we're told that we're not slaves to fear. It says that we've got no reason to feel fear. We're told that we have no reason to fear, that we are not subject to fear. We're told that we are not, Jesus says this, don't worry about it, we're told not to make any decisions based on fear. But we feel it. Do you feel it? I mean, not hopefully, not right now. <laughs> Though when I was doing that kids thing, trust me, that was scary. But normally, but we feel it. Here's the thing about feelings. Never make decisions based on feelings. The biggest lie that Disney ever told you was trust your feelings. That's for Luke Skywalker He's not real. Do not trust your, your feelings lie. Your feelings come and go. Your feelings can be based on what you ate yesterday. Your feelings are based on the virus you're coming down with that you haven't realized yet. Your feelings are based on the list of jobs your wife has given you that you don't want to do. Your feelings are based on all sorts of things that have got nothing to do with anything that's got anything to do with anything. But they are there. Now, here's the problem for Christians and false teaching in the Western church, which is this, that we know we have the Holy Spirit because we feel it. No. We know we have the Holy Spirit because we are told by God we have the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we feel it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes that's a bit of cheese. We can't trust our feelings. We do not base our belief on our feelings, though many Christians do. 
I get contacted a lot by people who say, why is my faith so weak? And, and I say, why, what makes you think your faith is weak? And they say, because I don't feel it. I say, well, that's got nothing to do with it. This is how it works. We decide what we believe. We don't decide it on feelings. We decide it by looking at who God is and whether we choose to follow Him. And then faith is not based on feelings either. Faith is putting what we believe into action. Now, can I tell you a little equation that works in two directions, but I'm suggesting you choose the right direction. I've got distracted now, and it's gone on. I do, I do a bit, but I'll be finished in a second. It works like this. You can work this way. I feel, therefore I believe, therefore I act. Now, lots and lots of people live their lives like that, including Christians. I feel this, therefore this must be the case, therefore I will behave accordingly. Now, of course, that's going to change enormously. So, if you're a person who's not had a lot of reassurance in your life and you're fairly insecure, which happens if you haven't had a lot of reassurance in your life, then you're always going to feel like things are not going to go good for you. Therefore, you're going to believe things are not going to go good for me. Therefore, you're going to decide on the basis that nothing ever goes good for me, I will make decisions. This is feel believe, decide. Let's work it the other way. I have looked at my Savior, Jesus Christ, and He has told me that I am now saved for all eternity and that I have nothing to fear. And I have decided to believe that. And I am now going to act on the basis that I believe that. And as a result of my actions, I'm going to generate a range of feelings. Some of which are, hey, who would have thought that had happened? And that didn't go as bad as I thought. And what do you know? I'm not dead. And hey, some people said yes. I know some people said no, but some people said yes. Who'd have known it? And it works on this base. We decide what we believe. We act on what we believe. That's faith. And our feelings follow on the basis of how we've acted. We've got a choice to do them in one direction or the other. Feel, believe, act. Yeah? Believe, act, feel. My suggestion to you is this. If God is our shield and we say we believe that, decide that you believe that, whatever you feel. And because you've decided you believe that, act because you've decided you believe that, and then see how you feel. And if you feel differently, ignore it. Do you ever watch the film Willow? Have you ever watched the film Willow with, with um, Warwick Davis? It's little people that… Anyway, well, they're going to go off and have an adventure, and they've got the village sorcerer person, and he's trying to encourage them all, and he, and he gets… He, he sort of magically produces this dove and throws it in the air and goes, follow the bird, follow the bird, and all the villagers go, hey, the bird's going back to the village, and he goes, ignore the bird, ignore the bird. <laughs> right, well, 
Similarly, decide you believe, act accordingly. It doesn't feel… Ignore the feelings. Ignore the feelings. You've decided and you've acted. We are not slaves to our feelings. Are we people? No. No. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a battle. It's a battle, ladies and gentlemen. I'll finish now. So, God is our shield and our deliverer. So, therefore, what is it that you fear? What is it that you need to let go of? What is it that you need to decide to believe and act upon today? Which fear, which fears are freezing you? What makes you cower? Which feelings are deciding for you what you believe and therefore controlling what you act? What do you need to change today? Because God is our shield, we can take new ground. We are no longer slaves to our feelings or to fear, but we are children of God, heirs with Jesus, co-heirs of God. We have nothing to fear. This is what Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. And do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, brackets, and feelings, my emphasis, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you've got something you need to deal with today that is dominating your life, if you need to let go of fear, if you need to start to say, I have decided to believe and therefore I will act and I will no longer be a slave to fear or to my feelings, then don't leave today without getting prayer. Hallelujah. Amen.